the Vuelta. The Tour of Spain is a cycling spectacle on the Grand Tour stage that, well, it's great because it features those steep climbs up the Angreloo and the Los Muchocos. Well, today the Tour jumped on board and gave us some super steep bike paths up the Col de la Loz. Results were even Vuelta-like. Coming up, we're going to talk about the results and reactions of Stage 17. Bernal quits the Tour. Some are unhappy about it. The B2W podcast gets some NBC time? Eh, kinda. Bahrain declares, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. Is that true? Some things to make go hmm, the ride of the day. And Christian Prudhomme, he gives Macron something. We have the shocking video for you today. It's Wednesday, September 16, 2020, and this is the Between Two Wheels podcast, episode 199, stage 17. We, we've been talking about this. Look, they haven't been to this part of, I guess, I heard today since, what, 71, 73, 1971, 73? They haven't been over in this area. Uh, and since then, they paved this road up. It's, it turned, Sepcast called it a goat path, but it was really uh, just a bike path. Super steep near the top. Shocking results. No, but uh, some good results nevertheless. So we had on the day 170 kilometers. Maybe we'll take a look right away at the um, profile for the stage 17 and uh, we, we've talked about this and shown this for a few days here, but we're going to show it again. Um, a little sprint at 45K in and then 170, uh, sorry, 107K in. Uh, they're going to crest the Col de la Madeleine and then drop down. And from about the 140 to 171K point, they're going to just be going uphill with some steep, steep pitches near the end up to over 2,000 meters, uh, high altitude. High octane racing, big time stuff, and uh, we'll go through it today. So uh, they start in Grenoble, go from Maribel to Cola de la Loz, as we talked about. Um, HC, HC climb, there was a sprint along the way, kind of all for not. I think Bennett uh, and, and got a little bit ahead of uh, Sagan, so not much uh, issue there. Uh, a break got away of Carapaz, who was in the break yesterday. Uh, Izaguri, Julian Alaphilippe, Dan Martin, and Lenny. Kamna, call him Lenny. Lenny, uh, winner of stage 16. Uh, impressive for the German. Okay, so what do we have? Well, I, I tune in. I've, I've gone back and forth on this, so I've seen most of the stage. But uh, they're already hitting the, the front of the climb up the Madelon, which is a long one. They start at 88K and up to 107. So you're looking at 20Ks for that one, and then another 20K for the other. Yeesh, hardcore stuff, and not uh, not too easy. So the Madelon... Bahrain, Marie, uh, Bahrain McLaren, they're on the front there. And, you know, they have Landa. Landa's in pretty good position. He's like two, 213 or so going into today um, out from uh, Roglic. And his team is on the front. I'm first looking and I'm seeing some wobbly legs. What's going on? Sonny Cabrelli is on the front. He's more of a sprinter type. Uh, and he is doing yeoman's work. And it looks painful. He is at a high rate of cadence. Uh, clawing away on the front, jersey wide open, and it um, it's not a guy that looks comfortable going up a climb. So that's what we have to begin with. Bahrain's on there and kind of wondering what's the deal. Uh, uh, but up and over the Madelon, the brake stays away. They get a few, I think, um, who got the points on that one? Kamna maybe it was, or Izagiri? Uh, no, it was not. Carapaz? Carapaz maybe. Uh, he gets the, the points, I believe, of that. And he's starting to close in a little bit on Kostnafoy, who is yo-yoing off the back of the Bahrain-led Peloton. Now, um, Jumbo isn't having to do any work at this point of the big climb. So they just are all sitting there, all all of them, except for their, their one big guy that probably drifted off already. 
And so everyone's just kind of sitting in, but it's a pretty hard pace. Landis' face eh, comes and goes from looking okay to not looking okay. Um, like I said, Sonny Cabrelli is on the front. They swapping off. They go over the top, then the, over the Madelon, the whole pelotons together. And what you have there is Tadej Pogacar ends up taking the points. So uh, if it were to end at that point, he then, I think he was two points behind uh, Cosnefoy for the KOM jersey. He ends up taking eight points and uh, vaulting himself into the lead. So if he doesn't get any more points over the top uh, for the finishing of the lows, um, he would then be over the top of Cosnefoy. But... Roglic is right behind him on the KOM points, so there's 20-some points, I think, at the offer for the finish. So he's got, you know, like, you expect him basically to be in the polka dot jersey coming up for the next day, which is finally good. So I think uh, Cosnefoy took that jersey on stage two, and he's been in it and thereabouts until now. So not going to happen for them all. Started the cold a little. Look, so I just want to say this. So I'm wondering why... Bahrain's off the doing so much work. I understand they have uh, Landa waiting in the wings, but and the break is off the front. And I start tweeting, and I'll talk about this a little bit later. Tweeting with a few guys from uh, Ben, Chris Horner for one of them, and Ian Boswell, and both kind of uh, posing those questions. And and what that really looks like is that um, Boswell, uh, not Boswell, but um, uh, Bahrain is actually looking to bring that break back. They really want the stage win for Landa. He must be feeling good or he had so something happened. Uh, some <laughs> some reason why they went all in for him today. And so they're pulling to make sure the break is in uh, within reason and within reach. It's like two minutes or so, kind of three minutes, and then it comes, keeps coming down. Um, all through the valley of the lows, uh, up to the lows, they're in charge as well. It's just giving all the jumbo guys time to just sit on the on the pace on the back and or they're on the front, but are on the on the back of uh, the Bahrain led train, uh, not having to do any work over the valley. And I'm thinking, oh, this could be kind of bad. You're gonna you're gonna see guys at the finish as three examples I put out there: Lopez, Pogachar and uh, Roglic, they can all they all have a much better kick than Landa. So if it comes down to close between those, Landa would have to get off the front. They're all going to kick past him and take bonus time. So this is a bonus. I, I haven't seen Landa ride to the point where I would expect this. But either way, the whole team's in for it, and they are going. So the start of the Cola Lows, uh, Bahrain is still pushing through. They have Wout Poles comes out there. He's got a broken rib or something, but he's starting to look good. Pillow Bilbao, uh, the whole entire team. Meanwhile, Jumboats, Wout Banner, Gessink, Bennett, Tom Dumoulin, they never had to take a poll. Uh, 9.1K, Carapaz, uh, solo, with just over 30 seconds. And then he starts opening the gap several times. And Ouch. It expands um, over uh, to the, uh, the group behind, and you just, you never see... Uh, up to about 40 seconds or so and um 5.5 k to go uh they're starting to near the top and then um bahrain is done caruso taking a poll and then de la cruz for uae comes to the front and he starts taking a poll for um for uae and uh pogachar yes uh, but suddenly, um, Landa, Landa's gone. You start seeing Iran distanced. Um, you start seeing all these guys getting taken, putting off the back pretty soon. We're inside 3K to go, and you've got Sepkas, you've got Roglic, you've got Pogacar, you've got Lopez, and Port dangling off the back. It's shattered everywhere. The steep, steep slopes of the, the uh, lows are really taking their, their toll on everyone, and it's looking pretty good. Um, Lopez then, uh, inside 3K to go, uh, Sepp Cuss just keeps taking a dig 
and he ends up distancing himself to the, the those behind. And with that distance, it opens up. Roglic just allows it to happen. Um, and we'll talk about Sepp. He makes some comments about this later where he says, and you're kind of wondering what's going on because then suddenly Lopez easily bridges up to him and he's pushing the pace. Sepp then notices that uh, Roglic isn't with him. And and what's he going to do? Well, it's, it talked about that they were thinking that he would go up the road at one point anyway, make everyone chase, and then um, you know kind of work some team tactics from there. But then uh, Sepp says, well, at this point, Lopez starts putting the hammer down too much and I'm not going to have it. So I decide to drift back and give an effort to Roglic, which he does. He does a great team thing. And you're thinking, OK, maybe he's, he's got a chance for the stage win. You're kind of hoping for that. But the, look, you can't just let Lopez drift out up the front and get more and more time with the time bonus as well, especially when that finish just keeps pitching and pitching. You don't want to leave your team leader in the lurch. So Sepp does a thing, and it was actually, on hindsight, pretty wise. He drifts back, he gets onto Roglic, and he starts upping the pace. He ups it just enough where Pogacar gets distance, gets spit off that group, and then they're they're free. And then Roglic goes and takes a pull and comes through. Sepp sits up, and he ends up drifting in between Pogacar and Port, ends up fourth on the day. But what you have up front is um, Lopez. He keeps distancing, and those three keep yo-yoing back and forth as far as the, the gaps between them. In the end, though, Roglic looked pretty solid in bringing time back. He got almost back to Lopez. Lopez did get the the uh, the, the bo- time bonus at the finish. Obviously, uh, Roglic gets a second-place time bonus and a little gap there as well. And then Pogacar, who if you had not seen distance at this point, ends up getting a little distance, And um, except for the wind day. He, did, he got distance that day as well. Uh, but anyway, so then you have Roglic uh, ba- ba- basically extending his time gap to... Pogacar, and we will take a look and see how the overall finished out for the day as well. You have Lopez, first place, 15 seconds over Primoz Roglic, uh, 30 seconds over Pogacar, 56 over Sepp. And Sepp, he just comes drifting in as if he's just out for a Sunday stroll. Looks pretty good. Richie Port still been able to muster his way 101 back from the Lopez. Enrique Mas, another good day at 112. Landa. The guy that was set up for the day, maybe his team hates him. You know, he kind of rides that way in a, in a sense where unless he's got odds with his team, so maybe he got some blackmail on them, made them ride the front real hard for him, and then just ditched out, ends up losing himself 120 on the day. Adam Yates, 120. Rigoberto Uran suffered almost two minutes. Dumoulin comes in at 213, never having to take a turn on the front for the team, but uh, it was a super hard pace. Carapaz, the lone most aggressive guy out in the day, except for not according to the French. And then let's take a look at the GC. So with the GC, you have Roglic over Pogacar, 57 seconds. He's he's extended his lead over there. It did shrink a bit to Lopez, who vaulted himself into third place, ran down to sixth place from third, port up two places into fourth at 305. Uh, Adam Yates, five, fifth place, staying seg- uh, stagnant at 314. Ran 324, Landa down to 327. Dumoulin still in ninth place. And Valverde creeping his way up into the top 10, as he likes to do, 931. Like I said, a little bit of a Spanish flair on the, the day as far as the tight, tight climbing. And when you have that, like, look, you go here. Pogacar, third place in the Vuelta last year. Uh, second place was Alejandro Valverde. I've come up with some bad, I thought I was saying Lopez, but I think he's been on the podium at the Vuelta before, just not this last year. I think it was two years ago. Uh, Pogacar second place here and was third place. In the, and then obviously Primoz Roglic 
in first place now and won the Giro of uh, the Vuelta as well. Uh, let's go back here to take a look at the points. Sam Bennett, 278, 231. He may he came in with seven and a half minutes to spare on the time gap today, a little better than actually uh, two days ago. So looking pretty good for him, or yesterday, looking pretty good for him as far as making it to Paris. Uh, Sagan, 231, 218 to, um, to Matteo Trenton. And I thought Cockard might have missed the time cut today, but no, it was his teammate that was still out there, and I think they did end up cutting him. The youth jersey, well, we could see that with uh, Pogacar. Uh, not really even, well, Sonrik uh, Enric Maas, he's still coming in good. You know, he rode with the coin a quick step up until last year, had a really good Vuelta a few years ago and last. So he's he's coming into his own for a movie star. Uh, just not quite podium material yet for that team, though. Uh, the KOM, Pogacar in the lead over Roglic by three points. So that was, a, that was a big one today, that even though he took those eight points over the top of the Madeline, he still didn't, uh, Roglic got more than him. But Lopez creeping up there in third, and Kwasnafoy. 36 points down in fourth place. Pierre Verlon, Nans, Richard Carapaz, who, like I said, took the uh, the points. Sepkas up to 11th place in the KOM jersey. Team, who is a uh, movie star, still in first place over Jumbo by 30 minutes, and we don't really care about that one as well. All right, how about some finish line quotes? Uh, a few things we saw here. Lopez, I'm really happy and very emotional. We worked really hard for this, and it wasn't easy to get in there. Lopez said, it's amazing. This is for my wife and son. It's hard being a long way away from them, and this is my job. But I think of them all the time. We were confident because we knew the terrain suited us. It was over 2,000 meters of altitude, like being at home, and it was an opportunity for me. So we fought for this stage. Um, when he says we, I mean, he did really well. I don't know that he just had his team around him, but you never saw uh, Astana on the front there. Roglic, it was crazy hard. Here at the end, uh, the final three or four kilometers were brutal. You aren't happy when you come to the top, but I am really happy with it. I didn't win, but on the other hand, I gained some time on GC, so it was a rather nice day for me. Yes, it was. Pogacar said he struggled changing gradients. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about the last few kilometers. Um, I think it really, really bent well, and you can see that he was struggling a little bit more than, well, first of all, Lopez, super strong, and I think it just kind of finished out the top three as far as the strength goes. It would have been interesting if if Roglic had been kind of maybe a little, didn't have Sep up the road, if he was playing some games there and had gone with Lopez or could have, how that would have finished out. But you saw the last few kilometers when they were all chasing each other, especially the last 1K. It was it would be super pitchy, and then it would pitch down and have a little bit of respite, and then it would kick back up. The problem you have with that is if you're on the limit, you're going to take that downslope, and you're going to allow yourself to recover just a little bit. But if you're not and you're super strong, you're going to drill those those downhill sections just enough where you're coming in a little bit hotter uh, as it pitches up and being able to push yourself over. So I think the stronger you are, the more beneficial the little um, waves are for you. Whereas uh, if you're not, it's going to be even more detrimental. And I think that's where you saw Pogacar kind of, and he talks about it here, going up and down. So let's finish that out. Um, struggled changing gradients in the final few kilometers, but overall... Uh, I'm happy with my performance. It was a really tough day. It was a hard finale. I'm happy to not lose time. Uh, the yellow jersey is still reachable. He still thinks so. I mean, he's the time trial is coming up, you know. He said, tomorrow is another hard day. Tomorrow is going to be brutal. We'll, we'll go over that one as well. We'll see what we can do, and I think you can be happy with the with uh, how we rode so far. We will fight to the end. It was just that steep section, then flat sections. It was really hard for me today. Also, it was the out altitude, one of the hardest finals I've ever had. And you think back of, of you got the guys that, that ride at altitude. You have... <clears throat> um, 
Lopez, obviously, any of the Colombians. So Lopez mentioned how he was comfortable here. Uh, Sepp Casto, Durango boy. He's also up there riding in your know, ride and training and racing at altitude. Uh, and I think Durango is probably higher than what they were at today. So, you know, a little bit more, maybe of an advantage for him there. Yates, uh, one of the first climbs you've really been at altitude. So a tough day, Yates said, after coming in 120 behind Lopez. In eighth behind Mikhail Landa, um, I hung in there as long as I could. So I can be happy with that. He did well. Uh, once we got to the last 7K, we actually went pretty easy for the first bit. Interesting. Uh, I think everyone was kind of saying they didn't know what to expect. And then it was UA starting riding hard from the pace. And then from, from on in, it was every man for himself. And I just hung on for as long as I could. Uh, yeah, and then I talked about Sep, where he said he had planned to do a little move off the front. He didn't notice that he had gapped Roglic at this point. And then he was on Lopez's wheel and Lopez started going harder than he could. So he's like, I'm going to jettison. And I, once again, I think it was a super, super wise move for him to use whatever he could to go back. doesn't take much to go back, but use the strength that you have and say, I'm going to fire this bullet in a different manner. Instead of trying to hang on here, maybe for the finish, I'm going to drift back. I'm going to sit on Roglic's wheel or, or pull him. And what he ended up doing then, he distanced Pogacar with that move with Roglic and uh, Pogacar couldn't come back and you end up seeing the distance there uh, gaining an additional what do we say it was 20 seconds 30 seconds on the day so he's at down 57 what about Bernal um, Bernal was a DNS didn't start today um, he talked yesterday about having you can see him and I and people were saying oh maybe he's intentionally losing time potentially losing time so he can get away and try to win today. And I kept seeing him moving. I mean, you can never know what people are faking or whatever, but he didn't look comfortable on the bike yesterday. And then he said after the stage that it was his back was hurting him so much that it was actually causing him knee trouble. So with that, I heard uh, Johan Bernil and I heard George Hankapi and Lance. They're all saying, dude, he, he should have just suffered. You need to learn to know what it is to just suffer. Every time you do the tour, you're hurting. And I get that. Uh, now, we don't know what Bernal's plan is for the rest of the year with the compact season. You don't just finish the tour and then try to ride the Vuelta as a saving grace. You have to get out because the Vuelta is going to start you know, soon. Matter of fact, the, the Giro is going to start in three weeks coming up this Sunday. And um, interesting, I just side note on that, uh, Jumbo released their tour team for the Giro. And Tony Martin, he's going to do the double. So he gets to the trip with the double. So he's in the tour. He gets finished here. Who knows if he's doing Worlds? Probably not. He gets uh, three weeks off. Boom, he's in doing the Giro. Uh, with that, though, do you risk your superstar, super young, brilliant, you know, Tour de France uh, defender, and if he's got knee trouble, trying to blow him out just so he can learn how to suffer? Eh, I, I think you've got too much money invested. Um, you don't take your high-performance machine out there and thrash it around just to to, to see what it can do. So I... I, I I get where those old school guys guys are saying, you know, George especially was like, hey, you get to Paris, you have to learn kind of these down times to get to the good times. Bernil is also saying that he thinks his lack of form or whatever it is was due to some overtraining mixed with um, too much uh, fanfare or whatever coming off of the the tour win. Who knows? Who knows what all this is? But let's not uh, let's not just drive your like I said, let's not run your race car, your high performance race car just because you can. Um, this morning, so I'm tweeting along with uh, Chris Horner and I, I asked him a few questions. And um, uh, one of them was, let's see if we could, uh, show this on here. I said, um, Chris, let's see if we can find, <laughs> what did I say? 
I said, Chris, what's the reason Bahrain McLaren is doing so much work today instead of letting Jumbo do it? Seems like they're giving Jumbo an armchair ride to the final climb. Chris says, I would like to uh, think, I would think they want a chance for the stage win. The chance for them to win a stage is slipping away. Land is down on GC, so it's possible Roglic and Pogacar keep an eye on each other and allow another rider to slip away for the stage win. Um, then I basically was like, well, it just seems they're giving Wout and guessing some much needed respite in the Valley, so to speak. And I was expecting them to be able to come to the front and kind of crush the whole team, um, which was interesting. He said, Hey, thanks for the content. I just used it on NBC. So if you check it in NBC somewhere around four 50 or so in there of, of the stage today, um, they, they go and talk to him. He doesn't credit us at all, but I was just saying thanks for Horner for, for acknowledging some of the, uh, the, the tweeting we were doing there back and forth. Um, I also kind of not got into it, but, um, had some of the similar stuff with, um, Ian Boswell and cause he was making comments and quotes about the stage as well. And, and, you know, basically saying the same reason, look, and he, he, he said a little bit different, not that Landa wanted the stage win, but that Landa, they wanted the stage win and time bonus. So you, you really need to bring that, that group back. So that's why they were doing so much work was to make sure the break didn't get away. But like I said, I haven't seen Landa to be um, so great that you would uh, really necessarily want to do that. So we have here and he's like, um, I'm like, Hey, but they're giving Wout and then we're free riding the climbs. Landa won't outkick Rog Pog port or Lopez. So, so while Valiant, I suspect they will do it all for nothing. And then he's like, Hey, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take, which is true. But I'm like, why'd you have to do those shots from hundred or 70 K out? And in the end, I, I guess I was right. Um, but I was also, you know, I, I, I say that, but in the same respect, I was really enjoying the fact that you, we complain year after year, sky, did you just sit on the front? Why does another team, you know, try to really make it hard for them? And da 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 da, and then when a team does, I'm complaining, <laughs> complaining about it. Um, Jumbo being Sky in this sense, in this case, because Sky or any else has kind of jettisoned themselves out as well. Uh, so what you have though is, yeah, Bahrain did that, and you know, um, but for two guys, they they put everyone but two riders left when when they, when um, Bahrain was done. It was just Sepp and Roglic, so they couldn't just do that that Sky formula. And it did lead to an exciting finish. So while it didn't necessarily benefit Bahrain, it did benefit us, the viewers. So with that in mind, hey, we're pretty happy about it. The Combativity Award is kind of a really lame thing that they have, especially in uh, Europe. When I say in Europe, I mean the Tour de France um, this year. It's it's one, it, it, I don't know if you know, it's, it's basically the most aggressive rider, okay? And with the most aggressive rider, it's just awarded by a jury. And this jury is just Frenchman Laurent Jalabert. So today you get in a break. And in that break is Carapaz, who was in the break yesterday, who you have Leonard Kamna, who was the winner yesterday. They're both like firing off. But then you have Alaphilippe, who was in the break yesterday, but freaked out and his bike was hurting or something was going on. Um, but today they award him the most aggressive, him being Julian Alaphilippe, the most aggressive rider prior to the, the ascent up the Col de Lose. Uh, and then up the Col de la Lose, you had Carapaz basically not getting caught for uh, 17 kilometers, 17 of the 20 kilometers. He gets caught with like three to go. And for a while there, it was down to 20 some seconds. Then he drifted it back up to 40 seconds. And then it came back finally when Sepp was able to close it down on him. Super impressive, but it wasn't the most aggressive rider. That went to the Frenchman, Julian Alaphilippe, as you want to. Now, there was uh, this also, 
This is interesting. This is a Macron. He's uh, in the car with uh, Prudhomme, the president of the tour. And you can see him here. Oh, he's handing him a bottle of something. Give him the, did you, <laughs> I don't know why I find that interesting, but um, it, was, it a bot, it was it a bottle of lube? Was it a bottle of sanitizer? Either way, why did you need it in the car at that moment? Was it was the TV cameras on you? I don't know what was going on there. Um, interesting, nevertheless. And we'll just, we'll just let your mind speculate as to what they were using either sanitizer or lube for in the cars. You know, Prudhomme, he came back from the, uh, he had his seven-day hiatus, uh, quarantined himself. I, I hadn't really heard about a seven-day quarantine period. It had always been 14 days that I had always heard about, but um, they, they brought him back. I think he's just a little bit of a grandstander and he feels like he needs to be on the tour. So that's why he's there. There's really no need for him to really be there at this point. All right. Stage 18 coming up tomorrow. Maribel to La Roche-sur-Ferron, 175 kilometers, a cat one, a three, two, and a one, and a one, then a little hump and a downhill finish. And let's see if we have the profile for it. Okay. So stage 18, um, yeah, ends with a cat one at 143 summit. Uh, they finish at 175, but there's another hump in there. So it's probably enough if you get away on the cat one, even with 30K, you've got a long descent down. And then from 160 basically to 165, a, a five kilometer kick, and then downhill to the finish. So it would be good to see, and this is a lot of climbing, that, that cat one right away, right out the door with a sprint. Ooh. Tough, one, three, two, one. And then uh, we have maybe a sprinter's day on stage uh, 18. I'm sorry, stage 19. And then before 20, where we, we get the kick up to the, the nasty La Planche de Belfi. Ride of the day. Um, look, it should be Lopez, right? But um, I've had problems with this before. He is Superman, is his nickname. Self-imposed, self-named. Uh, you can't go with someone who names himself on their nickname. It, just, it doesn't work. I'm wearing my T-Dog or something like that. So, But since he's given himself a nickname, I'm picking Sepkus. I think Sepkus uh, saved the day a little bit for Roglic there. He was incredible to watch. Uh, just, I mean, he's American, and uh, so I'm really enjoying that portion of it. And so when he gets in the mix and he starts putting it down, it's been, it's been good to see. And he's doing dynamite work for his team leader, uh, you're seeing him and Nelson Palace uh, getting top tens. Uh, Nelson had two. He's definitely had one. He's come close to a second one, you know, trying to get in the break in the wind. And then Sepkus, hardest day of the tour, getting a fourth place ahead of Richie Port, right behind uh, Pogacar, helping his team leader out all the while. Super impressed. Nothing better than, than being able to see that. So tomorrow, well, there's 199 episodes. We'll have 200 episodes going in tomorrow. Plan to do one. Why not? Join everybody up here? Okay. Episode 199, Between Two Wheels Podcast. Check us out. Just hit the subscribe button. Maybe just make a little comment. Who's your pick for the win tomorrow? Who's your pick for the win? And uh, who's going to win the overall and the Plunk to Belfie, the time trial? We will find out soon, everybody. Thanks for joining us once again. Stay safe. Later. Later.